not surprising in the Trump era, we have two top stories. We have one of nuclear war and the other of civil war. So we'll get to the civil war later, but first let's talk about nuclear war and how the supreme leader of North Korea is threatening to send a nuclear warhead towards Guam. And our president, of course, responded with fire and fury, which I think all sides can agree. We just need to get President Obama back involved in negotiations with North Korea, and then everything will be okay, right? So when did President Obama negotiate with the North Koreans? Well, I assume whatever back channels were going on must have been working since it hasn't been since Trump's been in office that, the you know, that Kim Jong un has been wanting to send nukes our way like that he hadn't he hadn't been specifically saying oh i'm gonna go ahead and knock out guam so you're telling me north korea made no threats against the united states during the eight years that president former president obama was in office i know that obama and uh um dennis rodman seem to have everything under control (laughs) And then Trump comes in, and all of a sudden, we're on the brink of nuclear war. Now, I mean, North Korea has been, this has been their goal for decades, and especially since Kim Jong-un took office, or took over, (laughs) whatever you call it there, um, took over from his father. And, uh, I mean, this has been building, and basically, the eight years, at least, um, prior to President Trump coming into office, they've just been doing whatever they want. I mean, Obama didn't do anything to stall this threat from the crazy Supreme leader of North Korea. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, yes. So so that was the past eight years. Now Trump's left to deal with that procrastination, that um, lack of, you know, taking care of business there. And so fire and fury is just, that's good, good, good leadership right there on how to handle that. Now, would that be the tenth country that actually has nuclear? It's a very small club of countries that have nuclear weapons, and now we assume they're the tenth, right? I think there's nine other. Okay, yeah, and so um, out of the unstable regimes in this world, which countries obtained nuclear weapons? In the past eight years. <laughs> well, it's about once every eight to ten years we have a new, you know, country join the club. I think okay. Pakistan was the last one to join back. That was during the Bush administration, right? Or maybe it was during Clinton. I don't know. So now we have North Korea. They've got them. And so instead of trying wait, to work wait, out wait. a diplomatic wait, so, solution, it wait, is fire so, and no, fury. No, you, you, I think you missed a big one. <laughs> Uh, we've got Iran, who's who is working on nuclearizing weapons, but to hold off, we bribed them with millions and millions and millions of dollars, right? And and told them, oh, just wait, just wait. Yeah. And so, so that probably would have worked with North Korea. I agree that that no. Was... <laughs> those regimes are not. There's no negotiation with those regimes. I mean, come on. So. Trump's own Security Council said it was working with Iran. So 
that's why we didn't tear it up on day one, the, the treaty, because it's working. And yeah, so, so what do you think the example is being set by North Korea um, with Iran? So if we just continue and use Obama's approach of, I don't know, his same approach in U- the Ukraine and Syria and Iran and North Korea, basically do nothing. I, I am a, I'm not the leader of the world. I um I'm going to apologize to all of you and go ahead and build your nuclear weapons. <laughs> he cut a deal with the uh, with the Ira- with the Iranians and they're not making nuclear Look, the weapons. Point, the point is the strong leaders of this country over the, the the entire history of this country. Yes. In the most recent history speak like Trump speaks. He stands up for the people of North Korea and everybody else. I mean, fire and fury, that's not an uncommon phrase. I mean, it's used by Eisenhower. Look at Reagan's um, words. Tear down the wall. That's a a lot. And (laughs) uh, even Kennedy. I mean, these people, presidents knew this is how you had to stand up for the U.S. and other nations that couldn't stand up for themselves. Just because Obama chose not to stand up for our country doesn't mean that we can't have future presidents that do stand up for this country. <laughs> stand up for this country. The Iranians do not have a nuclear weapon. Because they're building nuclear weapons. No. And if you don't think they're preparing to have nuclear weapons, then you're crazy. <laughs> no, it's not just me crazy. It is both Democratic and Republican uh, security it's a security council all over the world. Like we're, we're no, I, 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 I think you're way off on this. Like that, that worked. Uh, d- diplomatic solutions worked. What, what doesn't work as we saw with both the, uh, the, um, the, the red line that Obama did in, I mean, you, you can giggle at that, but I mean, wh- what happened there is they, they, they gave in on that, but they use that as leverage to get, other things to try to regime that that was not handled well. I don't see how saying fire and fury to a crazy person when all they want is a seat at the table and to be respected and whatever else. Why you know the the idea of a diplomatic solution is just completely crazy because either Kim Jong Un is going to do something and then in which case if Trump is a man of his word then we're going to go to nuclear war or he's. What, just be like, oh, Trump said fire and fury, therefore I'm I'm backing down? Okay, well, let's look at the facts here. Okay, so um, since Trump has stood up with strong language, where has he been in the past two weeks? Have you heard a peep out of Kim Jong-un? No, but no, he's waiting until Trump gets okay. off vacation, I'm sure. So would be another <laughs> oh, few months. Oh, how considerate of him. <laughs> no, 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 no. And on top of that, we've gotten um, China to start acting on, uh, you know, uh, sanctioning, uh, you know, uh, trade with North Korea. Um, North Korea is not, I mean, Kim Jong-un is not looking for respect. He is looking to annihilate the U.S. and its interest. <laughs> um, and so, I mean... I, you're talking like you're talking to a logical leader of a nation. And that's just not who Kim Jong-un is. I mean, he's proven it time and time again. And so, yes, I mean, I've, we've seen, and, and first of all, you know, if if Kim Jong-un's going to fire that nuclear weapon, he's going to fire that nuclear weapon. And we have many other options than shooting nukes back at him. I mean, I think, I, I don't 
think it's necessarily nuclear war. Now, I mean, the U.S., I mean, I think the U.S. will try to go in there and with the least amount of damage, but something has to be done. He's provoking, he's provoked this, um, this agitation out of nothing. And so... But what does he want? So, so he, what does he, he, he wants... Uh, Kim Jong Un wants nuclear war out of this. Like he really wants to annihilate the U.S. because that's a that's a possibility in his mind. No, that's that's not what he's doing. He, he doesn't. He knows that he would take it would take two hundred years to accumulate the nuclear arsenal necessary to to annihilate the United States. I mean that's that's not going to happen. What he wants is to puff his chest out and say, "Hey, pay attention to me," and then. Oh, yeah, have have a seat at the table. No, and- what he wants is to the rest of the world to live in his fantasy land of how he treats all his citizens, which is you know you'll be executed if you watch a cable news channel. You can't get on the internet. You can't speak for yourself. You can't speak against him. You can't, you know, that's what he wants. He wants to act like he has supreme power over the entire world, and the U.S. says no. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right, we'll stock up this week. H.R. <laughs> <laughs> McMaster's National Security Advisor somehow in the Trump administration managed to get praise from both the right and the left this week, which is... It's, it's a... He has uh, done the impossible. <laughs> <laughs> really has. So, yes, to see the, the neocons cheer him and to see uh, those of us that believe in social justice... Uh, cheer him for his remarks on uh, on um, the white supremacist group. No, it's I, he's definitely um, you know done done really well. Which which leads me to believe that he's got to be on his way out pretty soon because he's getting a lot of good publicity and he's you know people like him better than Trump, so Trump's going to fire him. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. What? Oh come on. <laughs> Um, I agree. McMaster's stock up here um, has done a great job. If you watched him this weekend, um, he just was very well spoken. He, you know, he touched on all the right things um, regarding North Korea and everything else going on that he discussed. But um, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, obviously, he, I believe it was in a one of the Sunday show. Um, he was on, he was asked about Steve Bannon yeah, and um, really didn't ever completely say that Bannon was, you know, a team player that he was. Um, oh yeah, it was Meet the Press. I think Chuck Todd asked him yeah. three times. Yeah. And he wouldn't confirm that Bannon was working towards Trump's agenda in the best interest of, of those policies. So that was interesting. <laughs> Um, and he was very diplomatic about it. So, um, but um, diplomatically throwing people under the bus—that's uh, well. I don't. I mean, it's not like he came out and said. I mean, he was asked the question directly and three times, as you said. <laughs> and um, like I said, his stock's up because you know he. I think he answered as diplomatically as possible. But I think that was very telling that he, um, you know, wouldn't flat out confirm. Oh yeah, Bannon's. We're all on the same side. You know, we're all on the same team here. So that was interesting. But, you know, he made a very good point, you know, going back to North Korea for a moment. He made a very good point that um, the the past administration's procrastination on North Korea is what has led us to where we are today with them. And that, you know, um, 
Trump's strong stance has, is definitely working on North Korea. Oh, I, I again, I the, he had the praise of the neocons, and so it's great that the bar is so <laughs> high that saying, "Hey, Obama screwed some stuff up," and oh, oh by the way, Nazis bad means that you know he he's risen to the 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 highest stock in Washington right now. I think that probably says more of where we are <laughs> in Washington than uh, just how great McMaster's was this week. All right. Well, let's um, let's move to Stockdown. Yeah, you just mentioned him. Stockdown. Steve Bannon, right? <laughs> Steve Bannon. Yeah. So Steve Bannon, chief strategist of Trump, he's actually been there since the beginning. Um, he, yeah. So... He's getting pummeled. And then, of course, another reason stocked down for him, since McMaster wouldn't um, come out and say, you know, great things about Bannon, uh, it appears that his good friends at Breitbart are trying to slam him and come out with a bunch of things against him. So Against, against McMaster's? Against McMaster's. So even furthering uh, Steve Bannon's stock down <laughs> but, so bright bars defending him and so therefore stock stock well it's down not that it? they're defending bannon it's that they're, they're going, going after, after mcmaster yeah, true. yeah yeah so um yeah bannon down so apparently uh if you watch some of the sunday shows you saw of course what i mentioned earlier mcmaster um not just coming out 100% confirming, you know, Bannon's a team player and in it, you know, for Trump's agenda versus his own. Um, but you also saw Scaramucci's strong statements <laughs> again <laughs> um, against Bannon, um, basically alluding to Steve Bannon may be one of the big leakers of the administration, which is very interesting. And then, of course, um, after those that interview, you had... Um, some information come out that uh, that Trump actually suspects that Bannon's one of the leakers. What do you think about that? Well, I, I just I'm uh, you know obviously from a policy perspective, there is not a lot that Steve Bannon and I really see eye to eye on. I am I'm always amazed though at people trying to connect the dots both on the right and left. Talk about people, the, the guys just getting it on, on both sides. So how the right and left were praising McMaster's on the same uh, same way uh, here. Uh, McMaster's is, is going after Steve Bannon from the right. Um, and lots of people in the Republican establishment, you know, hate him. Uh, and then, of course, the left. Uh, I, I definitely stay out of connecting Nazis and white supremacist with the term alt right, which I, I think is just a, a word we need to, uh, a phrase we need to either clarify or avoid or whatever else because I I I, I, I don't get it. I don't. I, Breitbart again may not agree with what it is, but those, it's 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 not neo Nazis. It's not Nazis. Um, and you know, Steve Bannon doesn't have a long history of racism. Uh, and it just it just shows how to me um, where there's been this great loyalty that we've seen on the left, especially uh, during the Bill Clinton years. And then it just kind of furthered with the Obama administration, this really great loyalty and how the right has no loyalty to the people like Steve Bannon that actually got them elected like that. Okay, populist okay, okay, wait. So 
I have you on record defending Steve Bannon. I, well, I'm defending the, the idea of loyalty to the people uh, that got the, the, his, his popular. Right. Loyal to the extent of obstructionist. <laughs> um, no, you know what I find interesting about Bannon is I, I remember at the very early infancy of the administration, uh, you know, Kellyanne Conway was on many shows as she was during the campaign. Um, she had to be because she was constantly putting out fires that Donald Trump started. Okay, well, <laughs> the point is, um, I remember distinctly her talking about Steve Bannon and how his office had no decorations or, you know, no, like, uh, personal items. Yeah. And uh, a whiteboard full of every promise that Trump made during the campaign. And he was in his office day and night trying to tick those off. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that we've come along some six months later and now we're saying we've got all these people, McMaster's, uh, McMaster's didn't say this, but no uh, strong endorsement from him. We've got Scaramucci and then, you know, trickles of leaks from some people who, who knows um, from the administration, you know, basically saying that Bannon's out for his own agenda. I just, I just find that <clears throat> very interesting contrast in a short amount of time. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that's uh, – he, <laughs> he he's a disruptor. Uh, the uh, – Paul – well, you know what it was? I, I, I know exactly what it was. What, the, the moment Steve Bannon was completely out with the Republican Party and what was – was it three weeks ago, four weeks ago, when the idea when he floated the idea of the president of having the top uh, marginal tax rate at forty percent? Do you remember when that when he when that was a Steve Bannon idea, and Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell just lost their minds at the idea that you know uh, billionaires would pay forty percent tax rates, and so that's that's when the 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 guns really got turned in on Steve Bannon because he had the very populist idea that, hey, maybe billionaires should pay 40% uh, tax rate. And so ever since then, yeah, he's probably been on his way out because that's the the right, you know, can't take that. Whatever with North Korea, whatever with, you know, healthcare bombing or whatever else, we cannot have billionaires paying 40%. Like, that's just, that's crazy. That's, that's, that's absolutely insane. presenting sponsor of Mr. and Mrs. Smith is H2O's. Inc. Magazine published a recent study showing that building block toys such as Legos and H2O's not only increase a child's creativity and problem-solving skills, but also help with emotional balance. With H2O's, your child, or your partner if they need some emotional balance, can build thousands of different awesome floats, buildings, chairs, boats, anything else they want. Go to gethtoos.com and use promo code SMITH for 10% off your order. That's get H, the number two, O-H-S dot com, promo code SMITH. Well, speaking of Steve Bannon, um, as we all know, he's been linked in the past with Breitbart um, to white supremacy and being, you know, Part of their group, or at least their their line of thinking. So, um, white nationalist is white, always that. Yes, white nationalist. White nationalist is always the the catchphrase. Well, I think when in doubt, a, we just launch white nationalist or something. I think white supremacy and um, 
being a nationalist are are different, but that's that's a a, a whole nother topic. Um, but anyway, so of course, big news this past weekend: the white supremacy um, rally in Charlottesville, the awful terrorist attack, as it was called out by McMaster's, which is another reason his stock is up. Um, and. Basically, everybody on both Republican and Democratic sides. But go ahead, yes. Sure, sure. Condemned except, yeah. the white supremacy yeah. well, uh, group. Except, yeah. Well, except, you know, the president. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there was that, that kind of glaring omission there by, yeah, our president. Not, you know, it was, oh, there's there's hatred on, on all sides to this. Yeah, I find it uh, interesting uh I mean, Trump did come out immediately and condemn the actions while he didn't use the exact verbiage of condemning, condemning white nationalists, which I do agree was a mistake um, on his part. Uh, he didn't condone white supremacy, the rally or anything like that. So, uh, you know, as we've seen <laughs> much of the fake news uh, coming out, basically calling Trump a white supremacist. Oh my goodness, I've never heard that before. But um, linking him, so basically he's a white supremacist because he did not directly say, I condemn the white supremacist group um, and their, you know, their uh, objectives. So I guess if we take that logic further, if we apply that logic uh-huh. uh, to... A former president. Okay. Um, so we would have to call former President Obama um, anti-police, anti-law and order, an ex- extremist Muslim terrorist. I mean, we had police unions and conservatives begging him to support the police as Black Lives Matters, cre- you know, created violent rallies against the police. We had. Uh, conservatives and other groups begging Barack Obama to call ISIS what it was, which is an extreme Muslim terrorist group. Um, He never did these things. And as soon as Trump got into office and he spoke the strong language, language, you know what we don't see in the headlines every single day? Terrorist attack by ISIS. So I guess if you take the same logic that the media wants to use, that Trump is a white supremacist, then Obama uh, is anti-police, anti-law and order, and uh, he's part of uh, ISIS. Really? <laughs> that, <laughs> um, I mean, he called ISIS the JV team, which, okay, again, we can debate what their prominence is or whatever else. But uh, it wasn't like, oh, in the, he didn't say in the, in, in the war on ISIS, you know, there's, there's all sides to this, to this war. Both, there's a lot of hate on both sides of this. And when you had highly controversial police shootings, um, <laughs> where there may or may not have been fault on both sides and they would have their day in court. No, I mean, let their, their, uh, I mean, we can isolate uh, the Michael Brown situation if you want to isolate the Michael Brown situation. And if, obviously, the evidence came out there, and, and the and the you know police acted uh, the way they should have acted, everything like that. I mean, that's that's yes. But there was the, the, the New York the New York incident was not 
I mean, that was not the way things should have gone. So my point is to make those comparisons where you had very complicated deals, it is not complicated to say, oh, Nazi bad. Like, that's not that's not you're right. It's not complicated. So why didn't Barack Obama during his presidency say policeman good, (laughs) policewoman good? I, I, so we're excusing the president's silence on white supremacy because during he a, wasn't silent. He, he condemned the actions of but, all, so, the hatred on all sides. Yes. So if you're not excusing this, but but the entire media, Democrat, liberal side of politics excused President Obama. For the lack of police support, for not uh, directly condemning ISIS as extreme Muslims. <laughs> the, the moral equivalency is just, it's not even the same ballpark. I mean, you... <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I mean, it's it's a difference between law and order and criminals. I mean, who, who attended Michael Brown's funeral? I- <laughs> Uh, lots and lots of people. I mean, from Trump's administration, who attended Michael Brown's? I, I don't. I don't know. Is there? Is there? Did somebody from Trump's administration? Uh, Eric Holder wasn't Eric Holder. Oh, there? oh, from from Obama's administration. Yes. Uh, I mean, you have well, yeah. someone coming there, comforting a family, where you just admitted the facts came out that he actually did the wrong thing, and it was unfortunately resulted in his life being taken by a police officer who was doing his job. Again... And this happened multiple times. Now, I'm not saying there are no police incidents that are... um, Then put it in context. That's the context, is there were a lot of incidents that were highly questionable. You had very highly charged emotional people and a lot of different points of view and a lot of different thoughts. There's not like there's like two moral equivalent points of view of Nazis and the rest of us. Like, that's that's not, oh, man, those Nazis, they have some good point. No, no one ever says that unless they're a Nazi. Well, I'm not going to defend white supremacists because <laughs> I think it's ignorant and disgusting. However, I do know that I live in the United States of America, and we have the freedom of speech, and these people did you know, through our constitution, have a right to have a rally. Now, a nonviolent, peaceful rally. And once that turned, then they should be shut down immediately. But um, while I strongly, strongly can't say that strongly enough, (laughs) I strongly disagree with their entire viewpoint, you know, not saying I condemn white supremacy is not the point. <laughs> well, but it, I know the media wants to make it the point because Trump bad, you know. But and, and I and I and I've said, yeah, I think it's a mistake that he didn't specifically say it. But the media trying to tie him to white supremacy now. My point is, then we need to tie Obama. If we're going to use the same logic, then you know. We have to tie Obama to these things as well that he didn't condemn. No, again, moral equivalence, completely different. And there's no no better defender of free speech. I totally believe in free speech. I'm not for college snowflakes and anything like that. But in using free speech, the president should very <laughs> use free speech and say, 
Nazis, bad. This is not what America stands for. This is what we fought against. Okay. So, by that token, um, do you agree with the media outlets that Trump is a white supremacist? I, 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 no, I do not. I, no, I don't think Trump is a white supremacist. What I do, okay, so- what I do think is he, he has a real easy time looking the other way on stuff that is not squishy moral ambiguity. I'm not really sure what happened. Was the dash cam on? Was he, you know, was the police doing this? This is all stuff that there's a million different points of view on. The, the things that should be really easy, <laughs> like, Hey, David Duke, I renounce you or the, you know, celebrating in the past. (laughs) It took him a little while to get there. Um, And, you know, celebrating a a, uh, hurtful racist past like that's 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 not hard anymore. This stuff is. Yeah, it's such you're 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 kowtowing to such a small, small percentage of the population that. When you don't immediately denounce it, yeah, it makes people question you. It just does. I agree, and that's why so many people question Obama and his policies (laughs) and why Trump is now our president. Uh. I love you, Mr. Smith. I love you, Mrs. Smith.